Hey everyone, this is Allison Hager. As you may know me on social media, I am Fit Not Skinny. And so basically, I wanted to bring a podcast to the world. I guess you could say it's something I've been wanting to do for a little while, but um, like I have told a couple people is I just don't love the sound of my voice. So maybe if I just record it and don't listen to myself um, later and you guys just listen to it, you guys can tell me how I sound and give me some feedback on that. So um, I mainly wanted to start this podcast um, kind of explaining who I am and what I'm about. Um, I have several social media platforms. Um, Obviously, I have Facebook, I have Instagram, Twitter, um, and I even have a blog. Um, But I go by um, the handle Fit Not Skinny. And the whole reason behind all of that, and I'll kind of get into my fitness testimony, is I mainly just wanted to, um, as I started losing weight, um, I kept having people say, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. Oh my gosh, you're so skinny. And as I thought about it more and more, I realized that I did not want to be skinny. I did not want to just be small. I didn't want to be a person that had no muscle or anything like that. I wanted to be fit. And in my mind, I think fitness, being fit means being healthy. Like overall, you know, I could go lift weights. I could go to a cycling class. I could you know, go out and go for a walk or go for a ride a bike or go hiking and just overall total fitness. That's, that's what I like to think about myself is I want to, um, empower myself to be able to do anything. Um, when I was overweight for so many years, there was so much that I couldn't do because I was overweight. And so in my mind, um, being fit is better than just being skinny. So, um, the old me was 200. I got up to around 230 pounds. And for me, um, that was one thing that, um, I always, thought growing up is I'd always be like, I just want to be skinny. I just want to be skinny. I just want to be skinny. And, um, when, um, I actually started putting in the work, I realized I didn't want to be skinny. I wanted to be fit. So that is the whole reason behind, um, my handle that, um, I use on social media is fit, not skinny. So, um, to kind of give everybody a background, some of you know me from my hometown. Um, some of you, um, have just came across me, um, recently on social media and some of you have followed me for years and, um, it's really cool how, um, social media can bring people together. I know there's a ton of stuff out there right now where people, um, bag on social media and they're like, oh, it's not good for people. And it's, it's not, it's, you know, it makes people have negative thoughts about themselves and da 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 da. That's that's cool. Everybody has their opinion, but in my mind, um, social media was something that I used um, to basically surround myself with positive people. And so, um, I to give you a little bit of background, I actually grew um, grew up in Beloit. Um, I have a mom and a dad and a brother. Um, my brother was the athletic one. I was definitely not. I was the sister that tagged along to everything. Um, I was not uh, the skinny kid whatsoever. I think the most athletic thing I ever did was like go swimming in the summertime. So softball wasn't my thing. Soccer wasn't my thing. It just, none of those things like really excited me whatsoever. So, um, when I got into, 
I believe fourth grade was when I started realizing that like I was a big girl. And I remember um, if many people can remember the Lucky Brand jeans. Um, I remember I wanted a pair of Lucky jeans so bad. And um, I remember going to the buckle and my mom took me in there, you know, I was like, please let me have a pair. And so we went in there and I remember trying on all the pairs of jeans that they had and they had no jeans that fit me. And that was my first, um, I guess you would say, realization that I wasn't the size of all of my other fourth grade girlfriends at that time. So that's when I started thinking, okay, I'm fat. You know, um, I remember a couple of times um, being called fat in the lunchroom. And I think that's probably where um, a good majority of um, fear of eating in public kind of came. Um, I began in, you know, school, you always had your lunch menu and that kind of thing. But many times I, after being called fat at lunch, um, I actually kind of just, I guess you would say ate the bare minimum at lunch that I could. And then when I would get home from school, because I was so starving, I would eat whatever was there at home. Um, my parents both worked and no, it wasn't their fault. Um, I chose to, I chose to eat when I got home. It could be anything from, you know, chips and dip to cereal or, um, maybe my mom had had leftovers from, from dinner the night before. Um, I would just eat and, um, then my mom would come home later for dinner and, um, I would end up eating basically a second meal. So, um, for me, I feel like that is pretty much the, the base of where you could call it an eating disorder, um, where I was just overeating. Um, I didn't want to eat at school because I didn't want to be made fun of, um, in front of kids. So I just chose to eat the bare minimum at school and I would eat when I got home. So, um, I would say, by sixth grade, I was definitely, I mean, I look back at pictures and I was, I was very big for my age for a sixth grade girl. And, um, I was one who personally speaking, I, I've shared this numerous times in posts, but I am someone who I will make fun of myself before I will allow somebody else to make fun of me and hurt me. So, you know, when you're the big girl, you allow yourself to make um, fat jokes about yourself. Um, and that's a way that you protect yourself from allowing somebody else to make fun of you. So, you know, if I beat you to the punch, then you can't hurt me was my mindset. And I carried that mindset all through high school and even into college with me is, you know, if I'm the first one to make fun of myself, call myself fat, whatever, then, then my, my guard is up. You can't hurt me type of mindset. So, um, that's, you know, elementary school was basically where, you know, you kind of find that idea of, okay, I am fat. I don't look like everybody else. Um, I would never say that I never had friends because I was a fat kid or whatever. I was, I definitely had a lot of, a lot of people that I interacted with all the time. Um, even, you know, being a part of youth group and, you know, having cousins that were in the same, um, age group as me, you know, we all got along and we all played, but, um, it was, I, I was always just the big kid, um, in my mind and, you know, to other people. So, um, when it came to, 
um, reaching, you know, I did a little bit of, um, the Adkins diet started, um, back when I was like a junior in, um, high school and I did do the, the Adkins diet for a while. You know, I did the bars and that kind of, that kind of thing. I remember eating those for lunch at school and, um, I really, I ended up losing roughly 40 pounds in, you know, in high school, um, doing the Atkins diet and I felt pretty good about myself, but you know, you allow other things to creep back in and so forth. And I did end up putting my weight back on. Um, then when I ended up going to college, I went to school in, um, Iowa at Northwestern college in Orange city, Iowa. And going there, I was, you know, roughly seven hours away from my home. And I definitely used eating as a coping mechanism. I never, um, I, I didn't really know anybody going there and I got randomly put with people or with a person for, for my dorm. And, you know, it's just not having like a, a, you know, a group of safe, a safe place to be, you know, like home is. And so I used eating as a coping mechanism in college where, you know, I'd stay in my dorm room and I would eat. Um, and that really, I mean, I had friends in college. I, I still talk to some of them still to this day, but for me, um, I never had any confidence, self-confidence whatsoever. It was, I continued to make fun of myself. And I guess you kind of call yourself a class clown in a sense where, you know, if you can be the jokester um, and make people laugh and that kind of thing, it takes that pressure off of you where, you know, it's, you're the only big person in the room and it takes the pressure off of you when you recognize that. And so, um, all through college, I was, I was that person. I, I like to joke. I like to have fun. And still to this day I do, but that was, um, that was my coping mechanism was, you know, you have your defense of nobody can make fun of me. So I'm going to make fun of myself. And then you return to your dorm room and you eat by yourself in silence. Or I would go to the cafeteria, you know, and eat maybe a little bit of something, but I never want anybody to see me eating. So I'd, go back to my dorm room and eat, go to the grocery store and do that kind of thing. Um, and I, I mean, I did that all through college and, um, a lot of people wonder where my, my change happened. And, um, my change truly happened when, um, I, the college that I was going to, they didn't have a cheer team for a little while. And I decided that, um, when they were having tryouts, I talked to a bunch of my friends. I'm like, Hey, let's all try out for the cheer team. Heck, let, you know, let's do this type of thing. And, you know, I kind of rounded all the troops up and there was a bunch of us who tried out and it was, it was exciting and it was fun and everything. But lo and behold, like after tryouts came, I was the only one that didn't make the cut, you know, and it was because I was a, I was a big girl, you know, I wasn't going to fit the uniform. I really didn't fit what the coach was looking for. And even though, you know, you have your, the spunk and the funny and the energy and all that kind of stuff, still you're a sore thumb if you're going to be obese on a cheer team, you know, and, um, 
I remember the coach was like, Allison, you have a great personality. You have such a pretty face. Um, but, you know, um, maybe you should try working out this summer and you could try out at the, you know, at the end of the summer when we come back in August. And in my head, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like it was so, uh, I guess, soul crushing to really hear up front, like you are you're an awesome person, you know, you got a great personality, you're cool, but you know, you're the shell of you is not what we're looking for. And so for me, I took that and um, for the first time in the longest time or ever, I was like, I used that as um, momentum to propel me forward. I thought, how can you tell me what I can or cannot do? Like, watch me show you, you know? And so that summer, um, it was going into my senior year. I went into, um, I had come back home for that, that summer and I was working, um, at an early, early learning childhood center. And I just committed to a meal plan that I had found in oxygen magazine. Um, I had somebody recommend that to me. And so I committed to that meal plan and I just committed to a basic workout plan that I had found online. I did 20 minutes of cardio in the morning. I did my weights and I stuck to the meal plan. I never wavered from that whatsoever. And, um, I remember like initially I was, I was still bitter about it. And, um, you know, it, it took a couple, um, conversations, you know, with that coach where, you know, that broke me down. And then I remember sitting in my, in my parents' kitchen and I was just complaining like, oh, that lady doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, you know, I, I could do anything, all this type of stuff. And I, I don't know why I can't lose weight. It's not my fault. You know, like I didn't want to take any responsibility for like my own actions. And I just remember, you know, my dad looked straight at me and a lot of times he just let me vent and he, you know, talk or whatever. And in that moment, my dad just looked at me and he was like, Allison, you can be 300 pounds or you can be 150 pounds. I don't care what your weight is. You got to love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you're never going to get where you want to be. And so I'm always going to love you no matter what size you are. But until you love yourself, you're never going to make any type of changes. And so you can either be happy at this size or you can be happy at another size, but you're going to choose. And in my mind, I thought, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you speak to me? You're my dad. You're supposed to be like my cheerleader say, yeah, that coach was wrong. Like you you know, you deserve to be on that cheer team. In reality, no, I didn't. I was too big. You know, I, I was not healthy. And it took those two conversations with those people for me to really take a step back and self-reflect and realize like, dang, I am 230 pounds and I am 5'4". Um, I go to the doctor and have my blood work done that summer and I'm pre-diabetic. Like hearing those words, I didn't even know what diabetes was. Like I knew my grandma had that, but I really didn't know what that was. And so um, for me, I decided, you know, I'm going to look up what diabetes is and I'm going to figure out, you know, how I can not be diabetic. Um, And I started you know, practicing those habits that I had found in, you know, the healthy eating habits and just working out. And 
I never stepped on a scale for three months. So many times I would try some stupid diet or some eating plan or some, you know, weight loss plan or whatever. And I would wake up every single morning and weigh myself and I would be frustrated every single day because the scale never moved or the scale went up or whatever. And so I decided that I was just not going to be, uh, I wasn't going to allow the scale to to determine, you know, my progress. And so what I did decided to do was I just put the scale away for three months and I committed to my workout plan and my meal plan and getting my water in every single day. I That was my, you know, no excuses. That's what I was going to do. And I was going to weigh myself three months later. And if nothing changed, then you know what? I was just going to be a big girl for forever. Like that was, I was like, all right, let me give it three months and see where I'm at. And so Um, I made a couple rules for myself and, um, a lot of people ask, you know, what's your mantra, your mantra, or what's your motto or whatever. And I made a couple rules for myself and I, everybody has to make their own rules. You know, I, for me, myself, I always told myself rule number one, never miss a Monday. You show up, you do your workout, never miss a Monday because Monday is the start to the week. If you don't start your week strong, you, you know, the whole rest of the week can fall apart. So never miss a Monday, show up, do your workout. I also have another rule where, um, never go more than two days without working out. I was somebody who was great at like bandwagon, like, you know, Oh, let me, let me get in there. And then by day three, day four, I'm tired. I don't want to go. Da, 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 da. Well, you know what? Motivation is fleeting. Like you are not always going to want to do something. I am, I wake up still today and I don't, always think, man, I can't wait to work out or man, I can't wait to eat that plate of broccoli or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? And so when I say like not every single day, you're going to feel like working out, you're not. But I had like it's self-discipline and I made that promise to myself, like never skip a Monday, never go more than two days without working out because I knew by day three, if I didn't get my butt back into the gym, it would turn into day four. It would turn into month, you know, into a month into a year where I just stopped and gave up on myself. So for me, personally speaking, um, that was another rule that I made for myself. And then the third rule that I made was, um, you know, a lot of times you can say you're tired, you're worn out. Oh, I'm too tired. I can't do it, whatever. And I made a rule for myself is put your workout clothes on, lace up your shoes, go to the gym, do five minutes. If you're so tired, you can't do any more than five minutes, you can dismiss yourself and go home. But let me tell you, once you set, once you set foot in that gym and you get going, you really think you're going to walk out of there? No. So that was my, that I would never say that's any rule that anybody has to follow. That was my rule that I made for myself personally. And I was able to stick to that because, you know, if somebody says, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like, you don't always want to follow what somebody else tells you. But if you make your own rules for yourself, then you're more apt to follow them. And that is what I stuck to. And so after three months of following that plan, I uh, I, ended, I knew my clothes were fitting um I guess you would say looser. I had people saying, oh, have you lost weight? You know, are are you doing something? And I just, you know, I was so sick and tired of just failing. And people always ask me, are you losing weight? Are you? I just said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
I, I really didn't know because I hadn't stepped foot on the scale. I've, I just thought to myself, you know, if you are really being honest with yourself, with your workouts, with your rules to yourself, with your eating plan and getting your water in, if that all really adds up to weight loss, then it, the scale should go down. So after three months before I headed back to school, um, I weighed myself and I was down 34 pounds. And, you know, that's roughly, you know, 10 pounds a month. And I was already, you know, close, you know, down, down 200 pounds or down to the 200s, you know? And so in my head, I just thought, just keep going. You just did three months of this. Just imitate what you've been doing this whole time. And into that, my senior school year, that's what I continued to do. I just continued to stick to those rules drink your water, follow the meal plan, log your food, um, get the protein in, do your workout. Um, I stuck to that because that was the rule that I made for myself and I'm not going to let myself down again. And I think those three months for me were very empowering because I knew after that, that I could do it if I just kept going. And, um, I have a lot of people ask me questions like, and we talk about this like self-sabotaging and so many times people self-sabotage and I have clients that do this right now. It's like, you know, they meet a goal and then they're like, oh, let me go reward myself with, a, you know, with pizza and ice cream. And, you know, I skip the, the next week off from the gym because I hit my goal. And it's like, no, why are you sabotaging yourself like that? Like stick to the habits that got you those results right where you were. And so, um, for me, just in your mind, I kept thinking, just keep going, just keep going. You know, um, my brother used to watch that Thomas, the choo-choo train, you know, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can in my mind. That is what I have to tell myself. Like when you think I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like, I think I can just keep pushing forward because you're so much closer when you push forward than when you decide to just quit on yourself and quitting on yourself. Like I, I've always told people that when you only fail when you quit. And that's honest to God, the truth that like slow progress, no matter if you're moving forward, you're still moving forward. But if you quit, if you sabotage yourself, oh, I don't need to do this right now. You know, if you quit on yourself, yeah, you're failing because you're quitting on yourself. And so in my head, I kept saying, you're not going to quit on yourself. You're not this time, not this time. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be healthy. And, um, that really like, you know, those three months empowered me and that school year really empowered me to go into my senior year. And to be honest, when I got back and this, the coach had seen me, she allowed me to try out and, believe it or not, I did end up, um, cheering for that foot, that false football season and that basketball season. I had never cheered a day in my life until I did it my senior year in college. And, um, I honestly empowered myself by doing that. Was I good? Absolutely not. It was something that I enjoyed doing because I showed up for myself and I proved to myself that I could do that. Um, I did end up graduating college. I have a degree in um, elementary ed and special ed endorsement, K through 12. And um, believe it or not, like that was not, 
you know, originally that was my calling. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be, you know, a principal. I wanted to do work with, I wanted to work with students who were autistic. Like I loved that path, but you know, the path that um, God allowed me to take was I had to transform myself from the inside out um, with my own transformation. And it, it took me all that way until that following May when I ended up, that was, it took me one year to lose 90 pounds. And um, a lot of the times I, I hear people say, well, how did you lose 90 pounds in one year? Like, what did you do? Da, 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 da. Well, to be honest, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to tell you, you have to do this. But for me, I was so focused on not quitting on myself. I knew that on my birthday, if I'd enjoyed a piece of cake, I would slide backwards. I knew at Christmas time, if I indulged in a bunch of treats, I would backslide. And so for me, for that entire year, I did not cheat. I did not have cake. I did not have ice cream. I did not have soda. And I'm not saying that's the most realistic version uh, or way to do things. But for me, mentally, I was all or nothing. I had to just go all in or I would never make it. And I knew that about myself. So I hit that 90 pound mark loss and I did train for a half marathon and I did end up running that. And I... I finished under two hours. I finished in an hour and 50, 51 minutes. You know, that was, that was amazing for me to do a half hour uh, marathon in, or a half, a half marathon um, in that time because, you know, I started running. I started, you know, enjoying like actually working out because I could see what my body was capable of that in my head I always told myself I couldn't do that and when you constantly tell yourself you can't do something you can't do it for me I constantly kept saying you can you can you can keep pushing you know if you don't think you can do one more mile or one more rep or one more minute of cardio like in my spin classes everybody laughs because I can I always say we can do one more. We can do one more 30 seconds. We can do one more, you know, you can always do one more. You can always push through one more. And in my head, that's what I have to tell myself. You are capable of one more. And that's what I challenge, you know, so many people here that are listening. Um, are you pushing yourself to, you know, to level up or are you just being like, eh, I'm, I'm okay with where I am. If you're okay with where you are, awesome. You know, keep loving yourself, do that. But for me personally, I want to keep getting better no matter if I'm 65 or, you know, I'm 35. I want to be a better person in so many other aspects and fitness has really opened that up for me to, um, become a better person because it is definitely an inside job. You have to dig deep when you don't feel like doing something. And, um, so for me, yeah, I've trained, I've, um, ran five half marathons. Um, and many people in my background don't know, but I have had two hip surgeries. I have, um, pins and screws in both of my hips and that was due to um a slipdipithesis which is basically like dislocating your hips and so I had my right hip done when I was in fifth grade and I had my um left hip done when I was in eighth grade and so you know a lot of times um people ha have a ton of excuses why they can't do something and 
to, to be honest, I used my, oh, I can't do anything, you know, because I've had hip surgery excuse. And to be honest, that doctor said, you know, you can do anything that you want as long as it doesn't hurt. And it, it's a, it's a mind switch between like one figuring out what is sore and what is actually pain. Like I can't do this because it hurts. And so, um, a lot of, a lot of work has gone into me mentally and, um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, when it comes to digging deep and pushing forward and not always wanting to do something. So when it comes to my fitness journey, that's, that's what I have to, I have to say is it's not easy. It is a struggle. It's, you know, waking up when you don't want to wake up and go to the gym. It's eating, you know, eating your protein when you'd rather eat a bagel, you know, it's saying, oh, I'll, I'll take a water instead of drinking another pot of coffee. Um, we all have something that, you know, that holds us back. And, um, I'm not saying you're going to change tomorrow. Some people, they make a, a fitness change and it's like a light switch. They were doing this and now they're just on it and they're at it. Other people, it takes years of changing their lifestyle of small changes add up. And when I started training, I thought there was one way of training. There was one way of doing things. And over the years, I have learned there's many ways of doing things. There's many different ways of getting to um, a certain destination and not one size fits all. And as for me becoming a trainer, you know, I had my degree in elementary ed and special ed. Um, Honestly, couldn't find a job that would actually pay me that supported me to um, pay off my student loans. Like, my student loans are ridiculously high and, you know, a teacher pay, you know, starting pay is not, um, very friendly. Um, I ended up moving to Salina and that's where, that's where I've continued to stay. And, um, I worked at the buckle, um, the store, the buckle for a little over a year. And that's when I found out that, um, if I, you know, taught at least two classes at the gym, my membership was free. And to be honest with my pay at the buckle, I was, there was no way that I could even afford a gym membership. So taking on the role of, you know, getting certified to teach a class and then get my membership for free, that was the best route for me. And, um, I'm not saying that that's the best route for everybody. You know, I honestly couldn't afford a gym membership and that's me being honest. And that's me wanting to go to Genesis. You know, there was, there was a couple other gyms here in Salina, but I wanted, I had never been a part of a big gym that offered classes and spin classes and yoga classes and, you know, a big facility. I have never been a part of that. And so, um, me wanting to belong to a gym like that and not being able to afford it, um, my option was well, you've gotten healthier now. Let's step up your game and let's get you to, um, you know, teach a class. And after, you know, teaching for, you know, that amount of time, um, some of you and, 
you know, from hometown, you know, it's funny because you meet so many different people on your fitness journey. Um, many people from my hometown are familiar with Anna Simino. She was the one who was actually working at Genesis Health Clubs and offered me a job. Um, so it's funny how you find somebody from your hometown that's, you know, hiring and offered me a position there at Genesis. So it was not something that I had even remotely and thought about to become a personal trainer but I I felt so unworthy when she was like oh you should become a trainer you know we'll help we'll help you get certified and we'll do this and in my head I immediately thought well I don't have abs I don't I don't look like a fitness model I don't you know all that type of stuff and I was I was truly scared to step into the fitness industry because if you open up any type of fitness magazine, I was not that person. You know, I had excess, I have excess skin on my stomach from being overweight for so long. I have stretch marks, you know, I am not, you know, washboard abs, pretty type of chick. And so, um, I was very nervous to enter the the fitness industry, but the thing that I loved about entering the fitness industry is um, I found some people who were really willing to invest in me. And um, one of, you know, Anna, she was one, as soon as I got there, she's like, you know what, this is a male dominated industry. Let me show you something. So she pulled me aside and, you know, taught me a little bit of, you know, how she trained her clients and how she stretched her clients. And, um, Mark Slavin, he's a biomechanic specialist, um, through Genesis, you know, um, I, I, I can't even count how many times I've gone to his seminars or met with him one-on-one for personal workouts because I was so craving the knowledge so that I could better myself. And, um, those people saw that in me and they're like, here, come along. Let me show you. Come on, let's go. Um, those people who like saw that, that knowledge or that, that desire to grow in knowledge, um, they took me along and showed me so much. And I am someone, you know, even in my, in, you know, my background with education is I am somebody that for me to truly learn and understand something, if I'm able to regurgitate that and teach that to somebody else, that means I have a full grasp on things. So the more that I embedded myself into, um, education seminars, I don't know how many seminars I've gone to and online trainings I've I've sat in on and um, one-on-one personal workouts that I've met with certain specific trainers who, you know, are an elite trainer or somebody I really look up to. Um, I literally just decided to be a sponge in this industry and that allowed me to learn so much and apply it to my own self, not only for exercise, but also nutrition. Um... I all I hired a coach myself. Um, John Gorman is somebody that I have worked with um, for several years, and he he helps me um, with my nutrition because I truly didn't know a lot. And having somebody point me to the correct resources and say, "Hey, do this, don't do that," like you're screwing up here, stop doing that, you know, like. Those, those type of people have, you know, invested in me and helped me to grow as a person, helped me, um, physically, nutritionally, all that type of stuff to become a better trainer. And, um, then I'm able to work with my clients and 
I have so many clients across the board that I work with and everybody everybody's different. There is not a one size fits all when it comes to um, working with an individual. Um, everybody's bodies respond differently. And um, over the years, I've seen my body transform. You know, I, I, you know, lost all my weight, I put some weight back on. And I had to find a way to you know, maintain or at least not put my weight back on. And it's scary facing that moment where you're down 90 pounds and then you've just put 30 pounds on. I remember like, you know, calling, um, you know, messaging John Gorman and being like, listen, I, I can't cut any more calories out. I can't work out any more hours in the day to keep my weight down. And that's when he's like, homie, let's do this. Let's change things up. Let's reverse diet you. You know, I learned so much through the process of my own journey through my own failures. And I guess you would say my own screw ups, because now my clients who are like, I want to lose weight, I'm going to do a ton of cardio. No, we're not going to do that. You know, I want to lose weight. I'm just going to not eat. No, we're not going to do that. You know, so my own screw ups of the things that I've done like for myself where, you know, I did ungodly amounts of cardio to try to get my weight down. I, I did not eat for, you know, I tried to, I was never, I mean, bulimic by any means, but I definitely was somebody who would go long periods without eating because I I wanted to lose weight. And in my head, I always thought, well, there's people in Africa who are starving and they're not eating and they're small. So if I just don't eat, I'll lose weight. Eh, Wrong. Your body doesn't do that. And so for me, I screwed up so many times. I screwed up my metabolism. It took me hiring somebody else who knew um, what they were doing and how to help me. And in the end, that ultimately um, made me a made me a better trainer overall. So um, that is, I guess you would say, um, I guess my my journey of you know where I started to where I am now. Um, I I continue to work. Um, daily at being a better person for myself, nutritionally, fitness, challenge myself. Um, but I also have taken so much um, pride in being able to work with my clients and help coach them um, on everybody's individual needs or at everybody's individual needs. And um, what I think overall that I think, I hope people are able to take away from this is, you know, losing, losing 90 pounds in one year may not be realistic. For some people, it may be, you know, just a downward trend over a five-year period. Um, you know, it, it's not all about weight loss either. You know, I have some clients who, you know, their goal is, is just to get their blood pressure and cholesterol down. I have clients that their goal is to, you know, be able to get down on the floor with their grandchild and play or take their grandchild for a walk in the stroller. Um, I have, I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've coached people bodybuilding wise, bikini, um, and figure and even like a classic physique, but, um, I never want to, um, say I can't do something or I can't, um, train with somebody. I always want to be able to learn and grow in knowledge and, um, I, I'm willing to say I don't know, but I'm also willing to say I don't know, but 
let me figure it out or let me learn or um, somebody teach me. Um, I am by no means a master at this. I think um, what has made me the person that I am is realizing I have a very humble attitude in this industry and I don't know everything, but I I am going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to grow in the science behind exercise and nutrition and how to best best serve each individual client that I have. Um, so overall, um, like I, I've I shared on Facebook and Instagram, I know I've gotten some feedback from a lot of people and people are asking questions and I plan to um, address a lot of those questions in um, my next couple episodes, but I felt like um, starting my episode one with just who I am, where I've come from and where I'm at. I felt like that was the most fitting thing to do because not everybody knows where I started or where I am or where I've come from. Um, I want to continue to help people um, on all aspects. Um, But overall, if you guys want to reach out, um, I have an email address that I use. It's ahager.ah at gmail.com. You can email me any questions that you have um, about exercise, nutrition, um, things that you maybe want me to share about on this podcast. Um, I am willing to, um, read those emails or you can directly message me on Facebook or, uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you follow me at. But, um, I want to wrap this up and I just want to thank everybody who continues to support me, um, overall, um, my clients as well as my friends and family who support me on my journey. Uh, it, it definitely has been, um, a huge roller coaster for me because there's just so much to learn and I'm still growing. I, I mean, when it comes to fitness, you never arrive. You're never like the ultimate, aha, I'm there. There's always work to do. And so in my mind, that's where I, I really, I feel like that helps me is understanding that I don't know everything and I want to continue to learn and grow, um, where I am. So, I hope everybody has a great week and please be, be, um, I guess be active in being able to reach out with me and ask your questions that you may have. Um, if you don't want your name shared, totally just say that and, um, I will address those questions that you may have. So, um, thanks everybody for listening. Have a great one.